Hi everyone. Um, so I'm recording this little intro a bit later than usual. Um, obviously, the this past week has been beyond awful for people of color around the world. George Floyd was obviously murdered by a white police officer. Um, but this is, as I hope we all know, not an isolated incident. This is not something that has happened just in Minneapolis, just in America. It happens in Australia. It happens all over the world to different races in different ways. We are surrounded by white supremacy as a white woman. I'm aware that I am part of that and... We need to we need to work harder as white people. I wanted to start off this episode by recommending some people to follow that uh, have some great resources. Also, recommending some places to donate if you have the um, capacity um, or the means. There are a lot of amazing resources online right now and I think I'm going to tell you the ones that I follow there is a thread in the podcast group that I posted today that has a lot of different people commenting with different um, resources different people they follow so please go there for a more comprehensive list but I just want to tell you people that I have followed recently or that I do follow that um, have some great information and that are resources that I found valuable prior to this time, but particularly due this during this time. Um, so the first one is the Bobo and Flex podcast. Obviously, if you don't know who Flex is, she is a she's just basically like a badass. Like she's got this, she's got this amazing podcast. She's got this. Um, amazing Instagram platform where she educates. She has amazing conversations, not just about race, about social issues, political issues. She has fun conversations. She's a great person to follow and she's one half of obviously the Bobo and Flex podcast. Um, So I highly, highly, highly recommend listening to that. That actually was on the list for um, in a couple of weeks, the podcast recommendations, but let's bump it up. Um, So on Instagram, they are just Bobo and Flex. There is also a woman called I Heart Erica. She is a sex educator and a writer. She's also a breast cancer survivor. She's from New York in the US and she posts some really great resources. There is also Shishi Rose. She's a writer. She's also an activist uh, from the US, from New York as well. Another person is Miss Pacchietti. Uh, Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Uh, I've only recently followed her in the past couple of days. I've seen her recommended by a few different people. Um, she has a podcast called Save the People, I believe. And she has been posting some really great resources as well. These will all be linked in the show notes. And I also will make a post in the podcast group with links to those people. Like I said, there are many, many different resources available right now um, for education. And if you are a white person and you're wondering where you can look, they're a good start. But you can also just 
you can just Google um, for different activists, uh, for different people to follow. Now, in regards to charities, so this has all come from um, Flex's Instagram story. Uh, I thought they were great resources, so I screenshotted them and wanted to read them out. So the first one is the George Floyd Memorial Fund by his brother. There is the Minnesota Freedom Fund. I run with Maud, Justice for a Maud Arbery. Um, Justice for Breonna Taylor Petition and Fundraiser. And um, the National Bailout Fund, uh, Free Black Mamas. These will all be linked as well in the show notes. This is such an important time. It is such an important time for us to listen to people of colour, for us to educate ourselves, for us to figure out how we can make a difference, whether it's in our everyday lives or whether it is online, doing something big, something small. Just try to educate yourself to see what we can do. Um, This week's guest is Phoebe Thompson, who is actually a woman of colour. When we recorded this, um, there were no riots. Um, I believe it was the day, I believe it was the day or the day after that George um, Floyd was murdered. So we don't speak about this topic, but Phoebe has uploaded um, some stories. And I just wanted to read out a story that I thought was was really great. And this is her own words. And um, I think it's really indicative of the, the type of person Phoebe is and why I wanted her on the podcast. Um, yeah, so here we go. This is Phoebe. I felt deeply depressed the last few days crying nonstop. It's not just about George. It's about the 400 years of torture of Africans and Aboriginals. It's about the gap that forever gives advantage to white people. It's about being taught a fake history in school about how our Indigenous people were and are treated. It's about forever being asked where I come from when I clearly sound Australian. It's about being fetishized. It's about being told I'm not relatable at modeling castings because I'm not white or blonde. It's about not seeing people that look like me on TV and the media. It's about seeing countless white people capitalizing off black culture, big bums, big lips, fake tan, putting their hair in braids, calling it the Kim Kardashian braids, not even realizing they're stealing all that from Africa. To all the TikTok stars who blow up after stealing their dances off little black girls, speak up. To the countless influencers who have said nothing but keeping posting selfies of their assholes. I'm so angry. I will continue to say things to make you uncomfortable because how uncomfortable do you think George was when that monster was kneeling on his fucking neck? Do your bit to spread awareness because I can tell you now I'm keeping tabs on all the influencers who haven't said shit. Um, I mean that. That says it all, really. It also is really disheartening, as Phoebe mentioned in her story, about how little Australians seem to want to acknowledge the continuous trauma that we've put our Indigenous communities through. And people saying that they don't know. that it, It baffles me that you could not know the pain that we're putting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders through. Why do you think there's a protest every year on Australia Day? Do you think it's for fun or do you think it's because there is intergenerational trauma that continues through to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to this day? There's police brutality 
in Australia, but we don't talk about it. It seems to be that a lot of white people that I've seen online, white Australians, want to immediately condemn the states, the United States, and and not look in our own backyard. And they seem to easily forget stories of Indigenous people dying in police custody. They seem to want to forget accounts from whether it's your Indigenous friends or Indigenous people online or they want to ignore the signs at the protests. They want to continue living as though we didn't steal this land and then try to eradicate an entire race. It is unfathomable to me how it must feel to be a person of colour in this country and in the US and around the world. Um, And we all have a lot of learning to do as white people. I think it's important to take a look at ourselves, try and figure out what we're doing to assist white supremacy, what we're doing to aid our friends and family in upholding this racist society in which we live, allowing our friends to say the N-word while singing a song, allowing your friends to make racist jokes, not saying anything when someone in your office makes a comment about those people, whatever people they're talking about. Um, this has always been important. This isn't just a topic that has become important because of George Floyd, but this is, if there's, if you haven't been able to do this before, please take this as a push to do this in your life from now on. You have to understand the ramifications of microaggressions, of racial slurs. It all leads to violence. It all leads to white supremacy. Um, Okay. If you want more information on that, please go to the recommended resources that I listed and also that are in the show notes. I could talk about this for an hour, but I don't think I'm being very eloquent. I also would rather just push you towards people of colour who know what they're talking about, who have experience and who um, can be a really valuable resource. Um, Yeah. This chat with Phoebe is about uh, slut shaming that uh, she has endured her whole life. We really related in that way and we had a really good conversation. Phoebe's so intelligent. She's so funny she just I really really like her we met once at a party last year and we didn't really talk and I wish we had because we talk on Instagram quite a lot and she is just the same like energy as me so I think you guys will love her she's funny she's blunt she's um, unapologetically herself she's also I say a few times disgustingly hot she's it hurts me she's so beautiful um, we talk about a photo in this quite a bit that she uploaded to her Instagram I'll put it on the um, podcast facebook group and you can also find it on her instagram at phoebe thompson underscore x also linked in the show notes so without further ado here is my chat with the gorgeous phoebe thompson
Okay, I am here with the gorgeous Phoebe Thompson. Phoebe, how are you? I'm good, Abby. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to have you on. I've been wanting to have you on for like a few weeks now, but um, you know, it's hard to find time to record and everyone's busy and tired and kind of CBF with COVID as well. It's just like a lot. Um, so we start out every week by asking our guest what's been a lot this week. So what's been a lot this week for you? Oh, okay. So what's been a lot for me is everyone on Instagram talking about my vagina. Um, so <laughs> Nothing new yeah. for me. So I get it. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it is nothing new for me because everyone's always talking about my body um, on social media. But I guess this week it just it got a little bit much for me it was a lot it mm-hmm. was a lot mm-hmm. um posted a photo in some lingerie for a beautiful australian lingerie brand mm-hmm. um and i pretty much just had a bunch of dms and comments on the photo saying that my labia was out <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fucking which it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it really <laughs> wasn't like it like it truly now like i wish I wish you could show the fo- I mean, maybe we can post in the group. Do you reckon we can post the photo in the group? Yeah, definitely. Because it wasn't even a fucking... It wasn't even like... It was a hot photo. It looked amazing. And it was just you in like white... A white bra and white undies. And like in no way, shape or form did it look like your labia was out. But everyone apparently told you where your vagina started and where it ended. Oh. Your labia. Um, unbelievable. It was just literally like a little bit of lace folded over and mm. I was getting it from men and women, mostly from men just, like, saying really gross sexual things. What were they saying? Like, oh, just, like, I love to see your, like, meat hanging out and just, oh, just stuff oh, like that. Oh. Like, oh, my – yeah, really traumatic. And But the thing that really, like, disturbed me the most was just women making judgments as though I'm, like, oh, you're posting this provocatively for the male gaze. And I'm, like – no, it's it's a bit of folded lace. It's a bit of lace. And I just like, it's yeah, a shadow. Like, oh, yeah, it was it was a bit much, and I was like, I'm I'm having a break from Instagram because I can't deal with this bullshit anymore. Yeah, I've had that. Mm. I've had that happen to me before as well. I posted a photo in bikinis, and it was like it wasn't lace, but it was like a fold. You know how like obviously when you like if you move your hip to a certain side, there's like a crease mm. of skin where your fucking leg begins. Yeah. People were like, yeah. your entire labia is out. And I'm like, it's it's literally not any, even in the spot where labia would be. It's like, it's essentially <laughs> my know. hip. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, it's not like, and you think that I, you think that I've uploaded this and gone, yeah, my labia looks schmicko in this. Like, I'm going to be like, <laughs> fuck, as though you've been like, yep, yeah, editing it, putting the filter on and you're like, wow, my labia really steals the show. <laughs> this oh, photo it's, it's beautiful, beautiful but but it does get too oh. much sometimes like i understood and that's why i messaged you being like fuck that sucks it gets too much sometimes when everyone is commenting on your body in every photo and everything you do there's someone saying mm. something and it might not even be about your body but i even get it like if i upload like i if i upload what i'm eating if there's a lot of dairy in it i'll get at least one dm being like this is why you break out because you eat dairy or it's like oh. always someone trying to be right. And it's like, just just leave me alone. Like and when you get hundred and I think that one message isn't like gonna matter, but hundreds a day, you're like, shut up. 
Just let and me do what like, I want to do. Let me live. And yeah. maybe you wanted your labia out. Maybe that's what you wanted to do. Like maybe. <laughs> no, what's wrong with labia? What what's is wrong with it? It's, it's, it's normal. You know? it's... 50% of the population has it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with it? Get over it. It's just a bit of fucking labia. It's... <laughs> Okay, that is going to be the episode title, Just a Bit of Labia. That's literally the episode title. I can't wait to put that up and everyone be like, what the fuck is this episode about? That is a lot though. I completely relate to it and it just, it made me so sad seeing you have to take a break. But it is nice having a break from social media sometimes. Has it helped? I needed it. Um, it's been like, it's like I'm getting anxiety about like not having the routine of going to my phone and checking my messages and maybe there's important stuff there. Um, but at the same time, I know that I need to have this detox just yeah. for like my centering myself. Yeah. Um, much needed. So it's good. Yeah. The first couple of days are always the hardest. I've done it a few times. I've done it. I did it when COVID started and I like, that's when I started painting and I got very productive and I like had so much more time mm. in my hands. So I spend so much time just scrolling through and like replying to DMs and you just need a break sometimes just mentally and emotionally. And like when you can do other things that you enjoy doing, like come on my podcast. Okay. All right. So now we have a few listener questions um, that I have chosen ones that I think you'd be good at answering. So we've got a little short one to start out with and just hit me with whatever thoughts you have about it. All right. So this girl says, my 26-year-old boyfriend can't stay hard during sex. It's been ongoing since the start of our relationship and it's been destroying my confidence. I look at my body now and think, is it just me and my body? He's ever had this problem before me. I'm scared this is going to ruin our relationship. Thoughts? Wow. Okay. So I am pretty much 99.9% sure that this has got nothing to do with her or her body. Yeah. And I can pretty much, like, I'm almost 100% that, and I'm not trying to, like, toot her horn or anything, but this is because... She is so sexy. He likes her so much that he's experiencing performance anxiety. Okay, this is what I was going to say because I've had this before. Okay, I've had this before. I started dating a guy. There was this French guy and I thought it was really hot. But looking back, I think it was just that he was French. <laughs> but like he was like a French pastry chef and he, we worked together. And we like never, we never had like penetrative sex because he could never get hard because he was just like, you are too beautiful. You are like the sunshine. <laughs> and, I was like, yeah. and I was like, thank you so much. Insert French name here. Um, but I was kind of like, mm, this is bullshit. But I looked into it at the time because I was like 19 and it's a real thing. Like men get nervous and they overthink it. And like, I kind of do this sometimes as well. Like I have before not being able to get wet or like initially being able to get wet because I've been like, I want to fuck this person so badly, but I like overthink it. And I'm like, do I look hot? Like what's going on? Like I'm not just like in the moment. Thoughts? No, a hundred percent that can happen. Like I feel like, um, you know, performance anxiety can happen with men and women. But at the same time, I've always like, fuck men do have kind of a lot of pressure on them sexually. They have to mm-hmm. get hard 
stay hard <laughs> and there's also a bit of like fitness involved and at the same time not come in five seconds and also like, not coming inside you if you're not on the pill there's like there's like where do you come how yeah, long is it going to get you come yeah. yeah. there's so like people with penises have the hardest time like i'm literally like this is like i actually do think about that often because i like not that i starfish but i often just like like <laughs> like honestly once i come i'm like okay like i'm like <laughs> i'm like you do what you want to do so like I just feel like I do feel for them and there is a lot of pressure. It also could be that like like maybe like is he on drugs? Is he doing is he doing illicit drugs? Is he on a new medication? Is he really stressed at work? Is he really tired? Is he depressed? There's so many other factors and like you said, I don't think any of those factors include her and her body. Oh, absolutely not. It would 100% not have anything to do with how she looks, but it would be more something internal for him that's mm-hmm. going on and with that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think, Yeah, like... Yeah, but I, I think that... Um, I, it doesn't say that she's spoken to him about it. So I think, like, the first thing you do is, like, speak to him about it in a non-sexual moment. Obviously not, like, when he's not getting hard. Mm. But, like, what's going on? Because he's going to be like, shut up, go away. But, like, just, like, having dinner. Be like, hey... I don't want this to be an awkward thing. I don't like, like I can come other ways and put through penetrative sex, but obviously maybe you aren't enjoying it. Is there a reason why you can't get hard? Are you can't stay hard? He can't stay hard. He can't get hard. <laughs> can't stay hard. Are you feeling okay mentally? Is, is something wrong at work? Are you tired? Is it me? Like she can ask, is it me? That isn't needy or mm. sad, but, I think she'll at least get that reassurance. And maybe he'll be like, oh my God, it isn't embarrassing for me if you're just talking about it openly without any hesitation. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree with that. I think it's, he's probably embarrassed about it as most men do get, you know, embarrassed about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more about like creating an environment where they can have a conversation where they can both feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I dated someone and, and the first, like, the first, like, f- three times we tried to, um, we tried to have sex. He couldn't get hard. And literally all it took was we went to dinner one night and we had, like, a few drinks and we had kind of decided by that point, well, like, we hadn't spoken about it. We had spoken about it, but not for, like, a day or two. And, like, mm-hmm. we just decided by that point, we were like, oh, well, probably just not going to have sex tonight. And then we had a few drinks, went out, had the best night. And then went home and had the best sex ever because neither of us had spoken about it or thought about it or put pressure on other person. And we had had that conversation just like driving one day. I was like, is it like, is there something wrong with like me? Am I doing something wrong? Am I putting too much pressure on you? And he's like, no, no, no. Three days later, had some great sex. Like sometimes it is just that you're overthinking. Well, he's overthinking. Absolutely. Poor thing. God, it is stressful, isn't it? We can just like be like, get the lube. Yeah, exactly. I was literally thinking, I was like, I could like in a completely consensual way, I could be asleep and, you know, my partner could be having sex with me. I could be semi asleep and he would still have the best time. And I would have put no effort into it. Yeah. Consensually, consensually. Consensually, consensually. You know, like when you're kind of waking up and someone kisses you and you're like, put it in. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like... Yeah, we we have yeah. It's 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 easy for us. It's a lot a lot more pressure for men, and I can definitely understand how they can get nervous. Like I've, especially in relationships at the beginning with as with one of my exes, he would always get very nervous. Yeah. Um, to the point where 
he sometimes would go soft. Yeah, well, you're like grossly hot though. So it's like very scary for them. <laughs> like I feel like they're like, fuck. <laughs> they're like the titties oh, and the ass and the weird, like the weirdly toned stomach. They're like, what's going on? And you're just like, what's wrong? <laughs> but it, do- it does happen. And mm. it's like, it, honestly, I think it doesn't matter what you look like. Mm-mm. It's just. Sex is scary sometimes. Yeah. You want to you want to be good. You want to perform well. Mm-hmm. You want to keep your partner happy, and that can be, you know, overwhelming sometimes. I agree. So our advice basically is talk to him, figure out what's wrong, but also stop putting pressure on it. Talk to him once, leave it for a little while, see what happens, see if anything changes. But if it doesn't, and it does get to a point where you're like six months down the line, I think there's no harm, or a few months even. If you're scared, it's going to ruin your relationship. Like sexual compatibility is really important. So I don't think there's any shame in being like, do you think you should go to a doctor and try and get like Viagra? Like there's no shame in that, mm. I don't think. Or go to a doctor and just see what they think. Um, but I think there's an underlying issue like maybe mental health issue or um, stress or anxiety or just being tired. Particularly during COVID, everything's changed. Like I have no libido right now. Oh, Neither. I asked right now. We're both in pajamas. Like we have our periods, and we're on, on Zoom, just being like, I don't want to have sex. Like I'm not even really yeah. masturbating. It's really sad, um, and because everything's just changed, and I, I don't really know why. Like I'm, I'm busy, but I'm not like crazy busy. I don't feel really anxious, but I just can't be bothered right now. So maybe he's in the same boat. No, maybe it's a maybe, new thing. Yeah, possibly. Mm. He could definitely, definitely. All right, the next one, which is a bit of a long one so everyone buckle in um is from a 20 year old girl all right i'm 20 and i was in a physically and emotionally abusive relationship for a year last year which i managed to cut off for the very last time during the summer fuck yes they say it takes approximately nine times on average to leave a situation of dv that is correct I started seeing a friend casually afterwards, which was good in helping me move on. I then started back at uni and started seeing a guy who I had my eye on for a really long time. In one of the periods last year where I was on a break with my abusive ex, I had met this guy at a few parties and the chemistry was really strong. He also confided in me one night that he believed me about what I'd been going through with my ex. Our friendship circles involved heaps of crossover and it had come out that my ex was abusive, but his friends were really hesitant to believe and took on classic victim blaming, of course. I guess this guy telling me he believed me made me like him even more. Then at the beginning of this year, when I had the actual chance to pursue him, I did and it was the best fortnight of my romantic life. I was on cloud nine and it felt right. I saw a real future with him. In any case, I saw him at a party before ISO started and the vibe seemed different. My ex's friends sort of crowded around him and were no doubt talking about me. He left the party, I assume, with them and the next day messaged me late in the afternoon to tell me that he didn't think it was right for him to pursue this. He wouldn't meet in person and just ended up calling me. It hurt like hell and I can, I can really refer to this as my first bout of heartbreak. I spent isolation ruminating over whether, where I went wrong, writing letters to him that I'll never send just to get my thoughts out. I reached out to him to check in on how he was going with ISO and he replied, but the conversation dissipated, which shows he's really not keen even after all this time. I hope he'll come around once the world goes back to normal. In the meantime, I've been on a few walking dates with some guys and had some interest on the sideline, but nothing I'm invested 
in as much as I was with this guy, given I'd liked him for so long and I thought he understood my past. All right. So much to unpack, but you go first, Phoebe. So this kind of like really resonates with me um, because I've been single for the past two and a half years. And previously to that, I was like a serial relationship person, like never been alone. And it took me my last relationship that was three and a half years to really kind of change my whole perspective on relationships because I was in an abusive relationship. Um, And for me, I went through so many similar experiences that she's going through, especially with victim blaming from his like family and his friends. Um, And it, it got to the point where it was so serious that, you know, we ended up in court and I mean, I don't really want to get too much into that kind of stuff, but more talk about kind of my emotional experiences through that. But I can definitely say that the reason that I've now been single for two and a half years is because of that relationship. So Mm -hmm. it was physical, verbal, and there was also cheating involved. Um, And his family were aware throughout our relationship um, that that kind of stuff was happening. And I want to kind of set the scene that this guy is good looking, he's charming, He's likable, he's social, um, he has a lot of friends and a lot of people would never ever think that he could be that kind of man. And it's always the ones that charm you mm-hmm. um, that that can have that persona as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so for me, the gaslighting was a persistent thing in my life for three and a half years Um, and because I've suffered with anxiety and depression that was something that was used against me to make me feel like I wasn't validated or I wasn't I wasn't sane or the things that I weren't were feeling weren't real Um, and just with his family I guess after it completely ended his friends and family pretty much painted me as the crazy one um and yeah it's um it's it's a lot it was a lot and (laughs) and um it's it's still to this day I'm still healing from that relationship yeah um yeah it's it's a it's extremely toxic and emotionally draining and Mm experience to go through and I honestly can say it it really does take time and a lot of work on yourself to be to get through that yeah totally and the the victim blaming that she would have endured would have been so hard and to have this one guy like if you'd met a guy that you were kind of interested in and no one was believing you except for this one person do you think you would have like that would have made you like them more just as she was saying do you think that's the case? Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like, I feel like you the that, only one who thinks I'm sane. Like, everyone else is saying that I'm crazy and you're the only normal person here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you would... That would be so important for you to have someone actually believe you. And it's not just with domestic violence. It was sexual assault as well. This same kind of... That fear of not being believed and a lot of people not believing you and then having you know, that one person or a few people that, that support you can change everything for you yeah. and how you feel and your confidence and 
and whatnot. So I can imagine that her feelings towards that person would have been really, really strong. Yeah, definitely. I, I, want, I just wonder what um, this conversation was that he had with... Because they're only 20. So they're, they're really yeah. quite... How old are you? I'm 29. Okay, so they're, re- they're like really young. Um, not, that not that you're children, but like I'm 25 and I feel like when I was 20, I was like such a different person when I was 20 compared to now. Oh, like so different. So different. Worlds so apart. young. Yeah, and people are easily influenced. Like this guy... You know, there's, I think there's more of, you know, young boys. And when men are 20, they're very young mentally. So, like, they mm. could have been saying... They could have been saying anything about you, um, which would have been an awful feeling as well. So, I really feel for you in this because you obviously really liked him. You felt safe with him emotionally and obviously physically as well. And then you got your heart broken and it seems like there's been some outer influences... Um, and then isolation as well, her having to think about it during isolation. Like, it's all these things in a row, which would have been so hard. So, first of all, if you're listening, like, if you're having, like, breakdowns at all, that's fair. Like, like I can't imagine going through this and not being, like, crying all the time. Like, she's, she seems like she's actually doing okay because she can analyse the things that have happened. Like, she's like, I liked him more because of this. And this is what's happened. She seems quite self-aware. Um, yeah. But it must have really hurt. I mean, but though when it comes to you being invested in this guy, when I got out of a, um, it was like, an, it wasn't physically abusive at all. This person would never be physically abusive. Or he wouldn't even yell. But it was quite like emotionally manipulative relationship. And like, I would say emotionally abusive. Um, and I got out of one of those relationships a few years ago. I went to a psychologist and they were like, whatever you do, you cannot get into a new relationship right now because you will see everyone as like your savior and they're like you are in a really big danger zone right now to, to become like infatuated with somebody and only because they're not treating you like dirt like because like that one person is not being awful to you you're like wow they're the best and then you get too invested and then it actually isn't right and then like this ends up happening so i mean i just i don't know what advice we can give you because it is hard as well when you've like put someone on pedestal and then you try to date other people. Like when you still have feelings with someone and she's going on walking dates with guys and she's like, mm. like you know, when you really like one person and you try to date someone else and you're like, oh, like I just you're just not the same. Or you compare them or you're like I don't feel the same spark. Um, and I've often felt like that that you'll never find someone else. But you're twenty, and like I, like after. Um, after The Bachelor, I dated Todd from The Bachelorette. Wow, runner up vibes. Um, and, <laughs> and like, before I met Todd, like, my ex and then also about, like, Matt, I, I kept thinking, like, like before The Bachelor, I was like, I'm not going to – I'm probably not going to like this person because I still think about my ex. And I really liked Matt. And then Matt took over. And then Matt dumped me on the rock. And then I, like, met Todd. And I liked Todd more than I even liked Matt. Like, I was in love with Todd. And – like it just reminded me that even though you feel like sometimes there's no one else, you just got to wait and you just got to not put time into things that aren't really worth your energy. Like don't force yourself to like these guys they're on shitty walking dates with. You know what I mean? Like no. keep trying to date, but also don't yeah. force yourself. That was a weird tangent. But yeah. 
I don't, I, I completely agree. Like you should not force yourself, but like from my personal experience, when you go through an abusive relationship, like girl, you need a break from men. Like you actually need to heal Mm -hmm. and build up your self-esteem and your Mm self-worth. Otherwise you have a, like, even if you have a really high chance of falling into a pattern and being with another abusive man, Mm -hmm. like having this time on my own has made me see like red flags Mm -hmm. a mile away. Like, right. So I guess from my, from my experience, the advice that I can give is like, have a break from men and just work on building your self-esteem up and healing from that toxic, abusive relationship. And you will make better judgments. Um, once you've had a healing process and you will, you will also, you'll kind of be like, if people treat you like shit, your mind, your, your sort of your mind frame change. Like you, instead of being like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. You're like, no, they're a piece of shit. Like yeah. you shift yeah. in how you see things when you can heal. Yeah. Rather than bouncing from one person to the next to yes. try and fill the hole. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. That's wonderful. So the advice isn't even about men. It's about finding, being comfortable, being alone and, you know, realizing your worth. Um, but it, it is going to be hard to ignore the feelings about this guy. But even though we're in isolation, mm. I think it's probably a good time because you won't run into him at parties. You won't, like, yeah. see him out. Um, I think that's really good advice, Phoebe. I couldn't say it better myself. And it's really good to have you as someone who's experienced an abusive relationship because you know how you felt. And now you're stronger. Stronger on the yeah. outside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so now I want to talk to you. This is like the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on was because you did this amazing post. Like, when was it? Two or three weeks ago? Three weeks ago now. Maybe a month ago. Who knows? So basically for you guys who haven't seen it, um, go follow Phoebe on Instagram. She, her Instagram will be in the um, show notes of this episode. I also put it on the podcast group. Um, and she'll be tagged on my Instagram. She'll be everywhere. Um, but there was a photo of her naked and she's like got a durry in her hand and a VB over her vagina, over her labia. And um, <laughs> and it's just, it's like an iconic photo. And it's it's really cool. And like, you can't see anything. Like, like your, your titties are covered. You've, your labia is covered. Like it literally, it's not, you're naked, but it isn't, I wouldn't say it's a nude photo because you don't have clothes on, but you can, you don't see nipples. You don't see vagina or anything. You don't like, see anything. You don't see anything. So it's like, it's literally just as though if you're wearing, like if you're wearing nude undies that matched your skin tone exactly, no one would have an issue. But because they can imagine that you're naked, they're having an issue. Like, yeah. Anyway. And then you, you, you read it in, the caption in capitals started with, please read caption. Because obviously you knew people were just going to be like, fucking, fucking slap. Like, and just go straight yeah. into it. Um, and I really want to just go through, because I found the caption really, there were so many different points that I found were really interesting and really relevant. I just want to go through with you and talk about them a bit because I feel like it really resonated with me and it's stuff that I talk about a lot and I just thought you put it really well. So, so first of all though, you say in the caption that it, when it first got taken, the photo went somewhat viral and you got a lot of judgment and backlash, including your workplace calling you into HR meetings. Um, 
so because of the like I hate the word backlash but backlash um that you'd experienced previously were you were you nervous about uploading it again or were you like not nah, this is empowering fuck it don't care oh no I was very nervous extremely nervous um because I'm I am I'm a sensitive soul Abby like I'm I'm a Pisces I was about to see what star sign are you <laughs> I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. a I'm emotional. Yeah, I see it. I see emotional. it. I see it. Mm-hmm. A little bit unstable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an empath. Like so, I feel things intensely. Um, but I, at the same time, I'm like, I cannot be on this earth and not live my authentic self. Mm-hmm. And I cannot just not say things and do things that are important to me and that I think that will resonate with other women just because of a few fuckwits like Mm -hmm. I have to put it out there Mm -hmm. I felt like it was more important for me to put that message out there Mm -hmm. than to stay silent yeah because if we stay silent then you become not complicit in our I think that's a bit dramatic to say that but if you stay silent there's no progression if everyone just stayed quiet about it and if everyone just like let those negative comments stop them from doing things like uploading a photo where a VB is covering your vagina and you have a diary in your hand, like then there'd be no progress. Like if, if, and you didn't speak about it in such an eloquent way and explain why this upset you at the time and explain why this is wrong. Like I'm sure there were people who saw that photo that would have initially had like a weird reaction or like a misogynistic reaction and then read, read the caption and being like, fuck. So I think it's really important that you put it up there. I know it would have been scary. And I think people think that as well because, like, you know, you were on a TV show and you're so gorgeous and you did it. So it's they imagine you just being, like, you don't care and, like, it not affecting you. But it really does and it does take a lot of courage for you to post that, I think, more so with the platform because there could – was there a Daily Mail article about it? Oh, it ended up, there was so many articles about it. It got, it was in like news.com, like yeah. just everywhere. Um, it was, a, it was a lot. It was a I lot. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that reaction mm. um, at all. And it was, I felt very vulnerable. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, that night I cried myself to sleep because mm. I felt, I felt so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but it was worth it. It's hard when, like, you know that you're doing something that you believe in, that you want to stand by, but then people are criticizing you for it. And it, it doesn't really I, – I'm speaking for myself, but let me know if it's the same for you. But it doesn't make you, like, question what you did, but you still feel shit. Like, you, you feel shit and you can't really, like, verbalize. Mm. I guess it's just, like, this feeling of, like, injustice and it being unfair and it being, like, how can you guys not see how ridiculous this is and why are you getting – why are you abusing me with something so – dumb that i've explained in my caption in my lengthy caption like like i know it's frustrating i know and the thing is a lot of people like people think that my following is men my following is 70 percent women and i think a lot of people think that i'm doing stuff to be provocative or for the male gaze which i'm not and i just want to I just want to tell everyone that when I was on television, I wasn't interested in any of the men in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't trying to get their attention and I was actually interested in a woman. So that post was for women. Yeah. And a lot of men knew that. A lot of men stayed silent on that post and knew that it wasn't like a sexual thing. Yeah. It was like to make a stand and, and a statement yeah. um, in support of women. Yeah. 
Yeah. You because you weren't you were it's not like a Playboy photo. Like it's really hot, but it's obviously very meant to be a, a statement photo. And I I really dislike this assumption and this kind of demonizing of of women that you, everything you do is for men. Like everything you do is for men. If you're naked, it's only to get the attention of men. It's only to make other no. women feel shit about themselves. And you but the reason why you get that as well is because you're very conventionally attractive and you're very like you're like guys it's disgusting how hot she is it's actually fucked so like it sounds actually no it's it's like gross i hate it um <laughs> like her body she uploads photos and i'm like oh those titties um but but like but, but it's also hard because you are conventionally attractive so it's kind of like well you aren't allowed to some people may say i've seen on comments um of different you know different celebrities saying like you know when you're naked it's for it's for men and um because you're conventionally really attractive and all you want to do is get more men to want to fuck you and you're just a slut and it's all about sex and it wasn't even Mm. a really particularly sexual photo it was just naked and being naked is normal and natural it's like it's just another random thought that i've had but have you ever had someone ask you like what would you do if your nudes got leaked Yes. And I'm 100%. like, I don't, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm like, I, I don't care. Like I, I'm the kind of girl I like sunbake ne- like topless at the beach. Like I don't, yes. I don't care. Like I don't give a fuck. It's just a body, you know, literally, it doesn't matter. Literally me. I've like, I've been known to send nudes to men. Like I've not, oh God, this is a Daily Mail article. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've been like I've not been known to do it, but I have because I'll be like she boasts about how many nudes she sends. I have <laughs> sent um, like sent nudes to men that I like haven't met. They'll have like that like in America, and like I just, and the people are like aren't you scared? And I'm like, what are they gonna do? Like, what are they gonna do? Like, they're the only ones that got it. What like where are they? Gonna, what are they gonna post on their Instagrams? Are they? Like, oh cool. Wow, really? Wow, you saw some titties. Like, I upload photos in like a white singlet with my nipples essentially showing and bikinis that have like no support. If you just try hard enough, you can imagine me naked. Like, it's just, it's, I don't care. And like, I was talking to my friend about it the other day and she was like, there was some like, would you rather on, like, she did a would you rather on her stories. And someone was like, yeah. would you rather? <laughs> this is so fucked. And this is a testament <laughs> to how scared people are of female nudity. Or like how taboo they think it is. Someone said, "Would you rather have your all your nudes leaked, or have sex with a direct family member?" No, <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like that is not uh, the same. Uh, that is not the same thing. Uh, and it's crazy that that like you like you being naked and there's all the articles and there's all the as all like the mayhem about it. And it's like we're just. You're just naked. You're just not putting on clothes, and you're just—it's—it's it's ridiculous that it's even a statement. But I love that you did it, and I—I—I I, I thought it was great. Um, I okay. Now the first part I want to discuss as well. We've kind of already touched on it, but I want to go into this more. I've chosen my favorite quotes from the um, from the caption. The different <laughs> points. There were so many different points. Um, and he said. Nudity does not equal promiscuity, nor does being clothed equal modesty. Female empowerment comes in all shapes and sizes, and whether you're a nun or a sex worker, you most certainly deserve respect, love, and to feel safe. Like, clearly, like that, that would obviously be 
amazing if we could all just be fucking respected for who we are and how much sex we want to have and how like what clothes we want to or don't want to wear. Um, have you ever felt like, I mean, you've been disrespected because of the way you look, act or dress? And did it happen on Love Island? Because I didn't watch Love Island. I watched one episode by accident. Yeah, so I guess for me, my my personal experience is that I developed at a really young age. Like I, year seven high school, I was like 12 and I had C-cut boobs. Me too! Womanly. Oh really, my God, yeah, twins! Womanly figure. Yes! Yeah, yeah, developed really early, but that was just my body and I was still a kid. So that meant that I was getting overly sexualized. Um, I was getting a lot of sexual attention from men and boys a lot older than me. Um, but even my my kind of my first experience of being, I guess, in a way disrespected or shamed for my body is being year eight, being called to the vice principal's office, who was a female. And she said to me, Phoebe, like, you need to get a bigger uniform. You're making some male teachers feel uncomfortable. <gasps> yeah. So I was year eight, like... And I was just very big boobs, womanly figure. And I was wearing, we had a school uniform, a white shirt, a skirt, the same as every other girl. But because I had a womanly figure, I yeah. was making men feel uncomfortable. So that made me feel shame about my body. But at the same time, I had older boys trying to fuck me. So that left me to be a very confused yes. little girl. Yes. Because like, you're, be- you're being blamed. You're, you're being simultaneously blamed and, sh- and shamed. Didn't mean to rhyme for having a body that you didn't choose to have but then also being weirdly praised like when you're when you're 13 you don't think about older men trying to have sex with you as being you don't really understand it because you're 13 you're like I don't understand how really 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 messed up this is like if like an 18 year old boy you're like oh like that's like a cool boy it's in grade 12 like the amount of dms that I get being like on like my tea Tuesdays being like, ha ha ha. I slept with my teacher when I was in grade 11. And I'm like, what? And they're like in grade 12. And I'm like, guys, 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 this isn't cool. But you don't realize when you're younger, because you're, that's how people get groomed and you're getting simultaneously praised for your body, but then also shamed and you've been told to put it away. So it's like, you can't win. And all you've done is develop. Like you can't change how big your tits are in grade seven. So no, exactly. So it's like that constant battle between, um, you know, you know, in school when you're like, if you put out, you're a slut, but if you don't put out, you're frigid. Yes. And it's like you can, you can never win. No. You, you can never win as a woman. No. Um, you can never win. Have you heard of the Madonna whore complex? No. Okay. So I've not. I spoke about this on Steph and Laura's Keep It Cleaner podcast, and they didn't hadn't heard of it either, and I. I need to do a whole podcast on it actually because it's really interesting. And also, guys, I may describe this incorrectly. Sorry, but this is the general idea of it. I feel like someone's going to be like, you said it was this, but it's actually this. And it's like, yep, cool. I am going to do a whole podcast, properly research with citations. But this is how I understand it and how I've been taught it throughout school and also in like my podcast, listen to it and stuff. So basically, it's this idea that women can either be a Madonna, so like a saint or a whore. So... Some men, and I guess society as a whole, have a complex in which, like you said, you're either like a nun or a sex worker. Like that's pretty much exactly mm-hmm. what the non-whore complex is. So men, some men who have, you know, issues with their 
mothers or with female figures in their life or what other issues they have. They only see their wife. They can't fuck their wife. They can only fuck quote unquote whores. Um, but they wouldn't want a relationship with the women that they want to have sex with. So any woman they want to have sex with, they see is disgusting. And any woman they they love, they can't have sex with them. It's like Charlotte in Sex in the City with Trey. Did you have sex? Are you a Sex in the City fan? Oh yes, 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 yes. You know how he can't I, get I hard. This stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know how he can't see. Everyone knows about it. You just don't know the word for it. Like, so he. You know he. Oh, yeah. Those you don't know, Sex in the City. Um, Charlotte is like very wholesome and she's like very like wifey and she won't sleep with him until the wedding day because she wants to make him respect her and it ends up kind of backfiring because Trey has a bit of a Madonna whore complex and he can't get hard and but is still masturbating to women in like porn magazines and stuff and then Charlotte has to tape her face onto the porn magazines and it's this whole storyline but that's kind of very symbolic of a Madonna whore complex and society has has it as well like I have always said that in the bachelor finale it was like Madonna whore like Chelsea was a Madonna because she was like very like sciencey and quite shy and reserved and these are all the things that a woman should be and I was very sexual and therefore that meant that I was unworthy of love and yeah so that's basically like what you're saying the same yeah yeah and the same I feel like the same thing happened in Love Island mm-hmm. so I I genuinely think that Australia has issues with women that are outspoken um comfortable with their sexuality mm-hmm. comfortable talking about sex and also willing to stand up against men yeah the patriarchy yeah like they Australia does not like it and my how I interpret my sort of Love Island experience is that I was a bombshell and for anyone that doesn't know what that is I came in um I think in episode three Mm -hmm. with Anna who she actually won won the season Mm. so I remember looking back and how they described myself and how they described Anna Mm -hmm. so Anna in this in, in an actual article was like oh these two bombshells coming in Anna all Australian beauty and then I think they described me as a sassy vixen and I was dressed in a black bikini had you know heavy eye makeup and um why do you think that is maybe because the conversation I had with the producers beforehand talking about like I'm fiery I like sex I like I like sex with women like maybe that's why they wanted (laughs) to portray that and I'm and I'm Reality TV to me, and I'm not sure what it is like on other shows, but for me, I found it's not scripted, but it's extremely manipulated and they can portray you however they want to portray you. So I, Anna was sort of um, portrayed as this like pure wifey material, which she is, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. But then I was kind of like this, I'm ready for like a million dick. Ready for a gangbang girls. Like like everyone fuck off. And also then you're like dogging the girls. And all you care about is men. You're like this like crazed sex demon. And that was even before I entered the villa that they already decided to do that. But I noticed they did that not only with me, but with Cassie and say, and Isabel as Mm -hmm. well. So Isabel, there was a scene where she told Matt that he was a little bitch Cassie, like, had arguments with and stood up for herself with um, Adam and Luke, two Mm -hmm. other boys in the show. She also defended her right to be able to party until Mm 6am. And it's funny how 
there was like two groups of women there was like the sexy fiery ones the outspoken ones and then there was the submissive wife material ones Mm -hmm. yeah um and how we were separated into those two images which was fucking pissed me off yeah to be honest and that's exactly right that's what happens you become you become like a one-dimensional character of like all you are is you're overly sexual and then that means you're a bad person and if you stand up to men like you were saying if you stand up to men if you're open about sexuality if you're happy to do what you want to do and not be scared about what the men think and be like I must be myself and you know not be shy and there's women who they might just be naturally quieter and not, like it isn't their fault either mm. but then they're also put into categories it's like oh well they're not very sexy yeah. they're like Chelsea everyone was like oh Chelsea isn't very you know like confident and I'm like she is like she is but you guys are assuming that because she's smart she's therefore shy and like really insecure exactly. there's 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 negative assumptions on both sides making women a madonna or a whore um but the whores quote unquote obviously get a much worse rep because we're associated with being like um like yeah like like de- like succubuses like like crazed demons that just want sex and it's just and the and guys i guys are rarely put into categories like that like guys are always oh, multifaceted. They're all, and if they are, it's like, oh, he's a rugby boy. Oh, he's like an artsy boy. It's always something to do with his personality and his interests. Whereas women, it's like, do you like sex? Yes or no. Are you going to talk about sex? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, you're a whore. No. Okay, you're Madonna. No, that's all it is. Um, so it's really fucking annoying. And um, I'm glad you – I'm glad you like – I, I loved that you described Madonna Hall without saying Madonna Hall because I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, yes, education time. I love it. It just, it happens, it happens yeah. in every part of, every part of society. Like it's, and actually this comes on to the next thing that I want to talk about in your caption where you were talking about how you said that your boyfriend at the time when you uploaded that photo said you weren't, I hate this, you weren't wife material. Like, like as though, it happened in The Bachelor as well. Like they said that Chelsea was wife material and I was girlfriend material as in because I was like loud and like bubbly and like was humping Matt on the beach I like I wasn't good enough to marry but I was good to fuck for a little bit essentially what they're saying but I and I like have fun with her but don't sit down with her because she wants to fuck and then Chelsea's good to marry because she's gonna essentially in their eyes submit which neither were true like Chelsea's you know Chelsea's Fantastic! I love Chelsea. She's confident, but it, there was a perception of that, and um, it just implies that a wife has to be like pure and quiet and non-sexual and only sexual when their husband activates that part of them. Like you can't be auto- you kind of autonomy. Um, thoughts, feelings, emotions on when your boyfriend said that you weren't wife material because of that. Like, how did that make you feel? Well. I just want to put in perspective that this guy is the same guy that I was in an abusive relationship with. Right. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, it just, it was, it was so disheartening for me at the time. I was only like, this was a, a few years ago. I was like 25, I think, 25. And I was loyal to him, faithful to him, loving, like unconditional loving. I did... I, I was a really good girlfriend to him and a really good partner mm-hmm. and he knew that but to then base my worth or my ability to be a good wife 
based on whether I was clothed or nude is literally insane. It's fucking insane. It's insanity. I At the time, I because I was like, obviously not as educated as I am about narcissism and, you know, emotional manipulation and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not good enough to be someone's wife because I'm a big naked whore. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, scrap that. The new, sorry, the new, the new episode title is "Big Naked Whore." That's the new episode title. I'm a big naked whore, and it's like, how do I, how do I come back from being the big naked whore? It's it's my new Instagram handle. That's so funny. But yeah, it was it was crushing to me. But I mean, looking back at it now, I think. I would never be with a man who based my worth on what I wore or mm-hmm. whether I was nude or how many guys I'd slept with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's sad. I feel sad for him. Yes. How insecure. But very insecure. And the thing is, it, I don't even think it was about that. I would think him just projecting his insecurity onto me. He, it's just another way for him to suppress me and make me feel shit about myself mm-hmm. so he can have more control in the relationship. Yeah, definitely. And then acting. I, I just, I hate, I hate that thought. I hate that thought that guys, you know, like you were saying, having a, a different perception of you because of how many guys you've slept with or because if you sleep with them on the first date, I've actually had like, fights people within not fights conversations where I get quite frustrated with people in batch nation not gonna say who but certain people who have been like you just shouldn't sleep with him on you know you shouldn't sleep with him on the first date because um it'll make him respect you less and I'm like why the fuck would I want to be with a man who respects me less because I sleep with him like he's sleeping with me as well like why why does why does he feel that's a bad thing if I want to sleep with someone, I will sleep with someone. If I don't want to, I won't. Like I'm, I'm not doing it to get his approval either way. And I think it's, I think it's weirder to be like, oh, I really want to sleep with you, but I can't because it's a first date, or because it's a second date, or because, you know, we aren't, like, we aren't engaged and deny myself that I actually want to have sex with them because of what they will think. That's just another function of the patriarchy, making us not want to own our sexuality and we want to have sex and shaming us for that like I, fi- I find it, it so yeah. crazy like and I, I don't know if I just don't because people like I go on dates like when I used to go on dates before I was traumatised by The Bachelor but I would like go on dates and I've never had a thing where like I've felt like I've like quote unquote ruined something by sleeping with someone early on in fact like my ex-boyfriend that I love that I've spoken about this podcast a lot um, <laughs> he like we had met on like a Thursday and then we went out on the Saturday, on the Saturday night and then like we slept together obviously the first day and then we like were pretty much like obsessed from then on because we had like such a strong like sexual connection and that made us have a really strong emotional connection like I think it goes hand in hand and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that like sexuality and sexual compatibility isn't important in a relationship like it's very often thrown to the side because women are like, well, I don't want to sleep with them yet. And it's, I'm in a way, eight weeks. And it's like, what does eight weeks do? Like, what if you sleep with them and it's awful or you have no compatibility? It just, it makes a sense to me. And I feel like it's just shooting your relationship in the foot before it even starts. I just don't like it. No, it's a hundred percent agree. And I generally think if a guy's not going to respect you, 
he's not going to respect you whether you sleep with him on the first date or you don't sleep with him more. Yes. If he doesn't respect you, he just doesn't respect yes. you. And it's not to do with whether you fuck him or not. Well, exactly. Like, if he, like, I mean, it, it, if a guy's going to figure out your respect, whether uh, determined by if you're going to fuck him or not, like if he's only going to like if you fuck him or if he's only going to like if you don't fuck him, he doesn't see you as a human. He sees you as no. like a part of a puzzle. Like a piece of a puzzle and being like, how are you going to fit into my life properly? Like, it it works both ways. Like people getting shamed for being virgins or not or not wanting to sleep with a guy. Like, and they're like, well, you're not fucking worth it then. What like what 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 mold did you want that person to be in? Like, and they're not worth your time if they're going to shame you about either of those things. It just it's so crazy to meet people like still that are our age are having conversations like that. Like my friends. Like, if I ever said to my girlfriends, guys, I didn't, I can't even imagine it being like, oh, guys, I didn't want to sleep with him on the first date because he wouldn't respect me. They literally be like, what the what? fuck are you I'd talking like, about? What? Did you want to fuck him? Yeah. <laughs> then why didn't you sick freak? They'd be like, what? Is Abby okay? Or like, what's happened? <laughs> They'd be like, is she all right? Like, it's just so demented. It's so demented. Um, I'm talking about trolling for a little bit because we touched on it before, but you get trolled just as I do um, and I get asked a lot how do I deal with it but I don't think the way that the way that I deal with it works for me but different things work for different people I saw you out at someone in your story the other day I think did yes. you and I was like I was like yes baby she's adding trolls like me because <laughs> I I haven't deserved to be added but how do you how do you deal with it and how does it affect your um your mental health well, I think I, I'm new to this platform, this social media thing. So I'm still kind of figuring out the best way to deal with this. Um, I guess for me, I think a lot of people assume because I'm, you know, like go to the gym and I have a body, like whatever that I am, you know, confident and just no fucks given. But it honestly doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, whatever your your race, anything. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I still get deeply emotionally affected by things and I still feel like shit about myself and I still get shame about my body and I still have days where I hate myself and I hate my body and I hate everything. Like I it that doesn't that's not an exclusive thing. It's it's something that is experienced by everyone for me I guess at the moment dealing with the trolls is like having a break from Instagram Instagram is one of the most toxic shallow evil little parasitic things that I've ever experienced in my life and I and I do worry about young girls Mm -hmm. on here and young men Mm -hmm. as well um trolling i see i get two types of trolling i get men sending me dick pics you get heaps literally you told oh my me God, you get mate, heaps i get i've two ever and i literally porno. i had a guy a video of him masturbating and i literally like screen recorded it and was like what do i do with this information like i i've only gotten two <laughs> ever i never get them so tell me what that experience mm. is like expand on that oh my god Oh my god. Oh my god. I get so many and I get I have had a couple send me videos, multiple videos of them fucking. Why? I yeah, yeah. Like full on and I get I get men wanking and ejaculating. I get I get it a lot 
a lot. Lucky you. A lot. No, I don't know. Sometimes it makes me feel a bit dirty. Babe, of course it does. Like, I... It's fucked. It makes me feel like they're... Yeah, like I feel like a bit... Yeah, like I need to have a shower or something. And I don't don't understand what gives these men... Like, what? why? Yeah, the idea that you want that. Like... But I, I was talking to a, I was talking to a friend of mine who's like not even like, he's like he's like verified, but he's not even like famous. Like he just like he's not, yeah. you know what I mean? But he was like, yeah, I get like random girls sending me nudes all the time, and I was like, w- why? Like he's like, yeah, like it'll be like my DMs, just like a photo, and I was like, okay, how have I been spared? Like I never get them. I'm like a bit insulted, but I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> Everyone seems to get them, and it's and it's not like because I kind of thought it was like a gendered thing, and I did ask him to prove a point, <laughs> and my point was not proved. I was like, you know how like you never get nudes? Like no, I get them all the time, and I was like, how? Wow. How? And he was like, yeah, like I'll just get random like fans sending me like like just like titty pics, and I'm like, why would you think that I wanted that? We've never spoken before, and I just wonder what it is. Do you have any theories? Like, I get it if you guys are having a dialect or you have, like, you're flirting, you have sexual chemistry, but, like, getting it from complete strangers. I think, I don't know, do these guys want, want me to see their dick and be like, oh, my God, babe, like, That's I it. want you? Is That's that what, it. Is that what they're thinking is going to happen? Or do you think it's, like, like, a power thing and they're like, or they're like, they're just foyers and they just, they just get turned on by the thought of you seeing it? I don't know. Yeah, probably. 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 It's probably that. Just like even they don't care if I'm disgusted or I like it. It's the thought that I saw their dick just like drives them crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I started know. like I'm on I'm on my um on my close friend story. So you're on there, Abby. Yes. And so that's where I posted. I started for me. I feel like I can't just sit in silence while I get all this porn sent to me. And no. I'm like, it's actually been such an amazing outlet for me to have my close friends on my story mm-hmm. and I can be myself and I can name and shame all these like weirdos yep. and get support and my friends laugh and then they say that's gross and mm. like it's made me feel better about that trolling. Yeah, I like love close friends because you can have outlets about things you want to post in your story but you know there'll be like a fucking Daily Mail headline or there'll be something dumb and you just want to like show all your friends. I love a close friends outlet. You get the same feeling but it isn't the same repercussions. Um, so you get oh, absolutely. So one side of the trolling you get is just random penis pics. Do you ever? What's the other side? The other side is that makes me really sad. It's because it's from like usually women who are saying that, pretty much saying that I'm like sexually provocative and I'm a bad role model for younger women and that I'm not classy. Um, and yeah, pretty much just putting me down, telling me I need to put my body away mm-hmm. and just, but it just comes from their, stuff. their insecurity and their jealousy. And like, I, I hate, I hate the word classy. I really hate it. It really irritates me because classy is synonymous with being a lady and being a lady is being all those things we talked about before, like being like meek and quiet and not talking about sex and not questioning men. And I just like mm. like what is like what is classy? It's like like doing like an etiquette class. Like I just it's so it's such like an antiquated way of thinking and it's so strange that they 
have a go at you because like with all these trolls, female trolls, I always think if you think that I'm a slut and worthless and not classy and you think that no man would ever ever want to be with me, shouldn't you feel sorry for me? Like, why are you so mad? Why does it make you mad that I'm worthless? Mm. Like, I get ones being like, you're so ugly and and you're so disgusting and no man's ever going to want to marry you. And I'm like, so why are you mad about that? If you really think that, why are you angry that a man doesn't ever want to marry me? Like, shouldn't you be happy if you hate me so much? But it's the fact that they just feel threatened by you and the, the go-to insult is that you aren't classy because... The goal in life is to be classy as a woman. I understand. Yeah, no, it's um, it's it makes me sad, and it also the fact that, that I get a lot of people being like, "This isn't female empowerment. This isn't female liberation," and it's like, what, what? So like, I'm meant to feel liberated by something that, by the <laughs> rules that you've told me, yeah, that makes like no your sense. rules of what empowerment is. Like, like they don't get that each woman feels empowered by different things mm-hmm. and and it's it's it saddens me that I have to always try and defend myself for just being myself and doing what makes me happy and doing what makes me feel comfortable like going back to that photo mm-hmm. with me with the the, uh, the VB in front of my fanny mm-hmm. like in that moment I love that photo one of the reasons I love that photo so much is because in that moment, it's one of the only times in my life that I have felt completely comfortable and free in my body mm-hmm. and just I felt empowered. The fact that I wasn't posing and doing something that was quote-unquote mm-hmm. classy, like um, that I was drinking a beer and smoking a dart. And the thing is, if a man was doing it, it would be considered comedic. But because I'm a woman, it's like trash. It'd be funny if a, Ew, if a bloke was classy. sitting there. Yes, if a bloke was sitting there with a VB over his dick and smoking a diary, he'd be like, oh my God. Like if like those, if some like dickhead comedian, Australian comedian did that, everyone's like, oh my God, he's so funny. What a funny bloke. But you're yeah, doing it and it's yeah. like, how disgusting is mm. she? People are very offended by the naked female body and I just I love I love that video that video, that photo. Um, do you ever I just have one final question. Do you ever like I mean we've touched on it before, but do you ever question yourself or think like, oh, maybe I am a bad role model? I hope not, but do you ever like does it ever affect you? Like I because the thing is I I genuinely want for women to be able to relate to me and I want women to be like comfortable with their sexuality, comfortable talking about sex. I want women to be so comfortable with their bodies that then they don't have any issues about being nude and that's what I'm trying to portray and that's what I want for my daughters. I want that freedom for my future daughters, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but of course, I have I have get really bad anxiety to the point, crippling anxiety where I can't leave my room sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... I am, and I'm an overthinker and I'm very emotional. So I'm always doubting myself. Mm -hmm. Like, am I doing the right thing? Have I gone too far? Have I offended someone? Am I constantly questioning myself? And that's why you need to have good people around you. And and I'm, I'm really lucky that I've got a mum. She's, she's a teacher, like your mum's a teacher as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she is very like, she's always been like, Phoebe, you do whatever you want. Like, She's never told me that I needed to dress a certain way or go to uni or not go to uni or do anything. She's just let me be free. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I'm thankful for that. And I'm glad that I've got close people around me that can put me into perspective and say, like, no, Phoebe, mm-hmm. like, you're, this is the right thing. You're being authentically yourself and um, just keep going. Yeah, you are doing so, really well. And I love your Instagram feed and I love your stories, love that photo. I think you're so great. So um, where can people find you? Just what's your Instagram handle again? I just always search Phoebe, then I find you. So I don't know your actual, I don't know your actual um, <laughs> handle. So it's just Phoebe Thompson, so my first and last name and then underscore with an X. Yes, it'll be in the um, show notes. It'll be on my Instagram story and it'll be on in the podcast group. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You said you spoke so eloquently and I think this episode will be really useful to a lot of women out there. So thank you so much. 